Hey there, and welcome to the Gravity Beard Podcast. We're coming to you today from Studio A. I'd like to start out today by saying thanks uh, to our listeners and followers. Uh, through 10 episodes, we have 213 downloads. Now I realize in the podcast world, that's not a huge number, but we're only at the three-week mark. Plus, we haven't really looked into promoting this thing at all. It's really just been through word of mouth and a newly established Facebook page. I'd like to thank Jake Dexter for providing our new theme song. You can learn more about him at jakedexter.com, also on Facebook, Twitter, uh, and on his YouTube channel, the same name. Uh, so thanks for, for you guys that have jumped on early and have stayed with us. We appreciate you and everyone else that's joined along the way. This is our NBA Finals wrap-up show. We'll be briefly discussing Game 7 and the series overall before turning our attention to the legacy of LeBron James. We'll also touch on the NBA offseason and a couple of early rumors, the trade of Derrick Rose to the New York Knicks, Golden State Warriors going after Kevin Durant, and maybe even Dirk Nowitzki if that doesn't work out. You can find the, the Gravity Beard podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or anywhere else you can consume podcasts. Do us a favor and go to iTunes, subscribe, write a review, give us a good rating to help us grow our audience. You can also check us out on our companion blog page at gravitybeard.com or on Facebook. Please give us a like there as well. I'm excited about today's show because I get to introduce you to Corey and Trey, two more contributors that are making their debut on the show. You may know Corey, not even know it. He was uh, the first Beard of the Month on our blog back in February. So without further ado, let's get started. Gentlemen, how are you doing today? Doing great. Awesome. Glad to be here. Thanks for being here. This is your first appearance on the Gravity Beard podcast. First of many. First of many. We hope. I, I, I hope so too. Unless we totally drop the ball. Okay, so let me let me just set this up. I know it's been a few days. We we're actually going to do this show on Monday. We weren't able to get together and, and do that, and so we're getting together today. Today we're going to talk about uh, the NBA Finals and how that wrapped up, and we're going to talk about LeBron, LeBron's legacy, and then we're going to get into some some offseason stuff. Great. So, Trey, you're a much bigger basketball fan than Corey is. Yes, I would like for you to refer to me as white chocolate for the rest of the broadcast because uh, I'm one of the few Caucasian 5'7 basketball players that can claim that. And so if you could just call me white chocolate or chocolate for the rest of the podcast, that would be awesome. I'm totally fine with that. Okay, good. Okay. Okay, so so who, which one of you guys wants to start? Well, I would say Trey actually does have a um, quite a familial legacy in, in basketball in North Texas, and that's not a joke. It's not a joke. So uh, he does have uh, knowledge, which you and I have talked about the fact that I have no real basketball knowledge. I think uh, I think what I, you said, the way you characterized it was, is you had seen a combined six and a half minutes of basketball this entire season. That's at the time that may have been true. Until I actually last did, week, I did watch <laughs> game. Which game did we watch? Game five. Uh, game six. We watched game six. Oh, that's right. That's right. You guys are okay. right. Trey came over. We watched game six. Wish we hadn't, but we did. Yeah, no. And I didn't watch game seven because I couldn't stand the thought of watching LeBron actually win. So. Well, Trey, Trey um, tell us about your basketball cred. It's uh, multi generational. It actually starts with my granddad, uh, who was a uh, football and basketball player at North Texas. And then he played professionally uh, for Dr. Pepper before the NBA was a big deal in the golly this has been in the 30s um does this predate the aba when did the aba start 
Uh, good question. Don't know that. Uh, but but a semblance of the NBA existed at the time, but it wasn't lucrative, and it was it was all over the place. And he could get a job at Dr Pepper and play on the basketball team. And unbelievable. That's how he got paid. He, you got if you played for Dr Pepper basketball, you you got uh, got a job at the Dr Pepper plant in Dallas. Um, now he followed that because that's that was a young man's deal. He did it a couple of years, and then he became a high school basketball coach. Uh, ended up. Uh, coaching for 35 years at Pascal High School in Fort Worth and won a couple of state championships. Uh, I believe he went to the state championship seven times. Unbelievable. They yeah. named the gym after him. They did. Um, his son, my uncle, uh, also played basketball at Pascal and then played at TCU after that. Um, because my, uh, uh, my uh, uh, genetic contributor on my father's side was a little taller than I am, I did not get the... Uh, genetics to keep playing basketball but i did play in high school cool that's great and you're a big fan of the, of the sport love it yeah and love you, it and so of course i'm assuming you watched most or all of the of the postseason uh least, i, I watched quite much, a bit of the postseason as much as you could yes much as i could okay so let's just get our biases or or affinities out of the way when you watch the finals who are you rooting for golden state golden state LeBron fan, not a LeBron fan. Not. So, sounds like you're not. Very much not. Okay, so so we'll we'll get into that after we just kind of talk about the the final series in general. Did I mention I don't like LeBron? I don't remember, but I'm glad you have that on record. I just wanted to come out and say that. You uh-huh. know, I wasn't so much rooting for Golden State as I was rooting against LeBron James. <laughs> which you could do without even watching the games. Which, which is, is interesting like, too, because you know Kyrie Irving, I thought played an amazing series, and I did, and I did watch more than just six minutes. He did. I, I thought, and and for Bron to, LeBron to get the MVP unanimously, I thought was token. I, I thought I did too. I, I didn't think he deserved maybe unanimously. I, I do know that, and I looked up the stats just now. I didn't memorize this, but I do know that he was ranked number one on his team. Most on most of the stats, right? Throughout right. the whole series, so they made they they clearly know more than I know. But watching the game, I thought Kyrie Irving made as much or more of an impact in some of those games than LeBron did. Well, I think I think well, first of all, there's not a LeBron fan in this room on this episode. <laughs> I'm not I'm not a LeBron fan either. Uh, you chose wisely, but it, but it would be it would be very easy if there was a LeBron LeBron fan in this room. We need Travis here. To, to, yeah, we do need Travis here, uh, but there's plenty of guys right outside the studio that, that could easily step in here and present the case for LeBron. Like like for one, he basically averaged he didn't officially, but he basically averaged a triple double for the series, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but you would also say, and I've mentioned this in previous episodes during the series, some of his triple doubles weren't that impactful. Like the first two games, didn't matter. Where was he? Yeah. Right, but but you look at you look at Kyrie's performance, and you'd say, man, consistently he, God, it kind of seemed like he was the best player in the series, maybe on both teams, consistently throughout the series. I don't disagree. I mean, I saw the same thing, you know. And he made the dagger shot at the end of Game Seven. That one on the trophy. Exactly. Yeah, I agree with that. LeBron did not. He did roll around on the floor and hold his wrist for a while. He did, but he did. Uh, but he did not make the dagger shot. No, although although Travis and I mentioned this in the last podcast episode. He felt like the one free throw that LeBron made was the one that sealed the deal. I thought that was insane. Seriously, he really did. He made that point on the on the uh, on the post. I think the lack of free throws that Golden State went to the line for 
uh, is what sealed the deal for Golden State. They they didn't they didn't do what they needed to do for to sure. get that inside shot and uh, force those fouls. AKA the old fashioned three pointer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think even their coach Steve Kerr would say they got outplayed in that series. There were a couple games. There was one game where the Splash Brothers showed up for one half, mm-hmm. and they scored what they typically score. Mm-hmm. Uh, Draymond Green had two good games, both both basically career postseason games for him. He had twenty eight points, thirty two points, I think. And him missing that one game, I think, cost them huge. Which which they pointed out on the ticket that that was his fault. That wasn't because of an injury or sickness or whatever. It was it was oh. him clowning around that yeah. earned him enough enough fouls that earned him a suspension during the finals. So that's totally on, on Draymond Green. Absolutely. But, but can I take up for Draymond in one instance here? Sure. If I was given a chance to punch LeBron James in the groin, I would probably sacrifice the NBA Finals for that. So <laughs> I agree with Draymond's decision. Go ahead. The, the entire the entire finals. I, chance for, throw, to just, defend your championship. To, to give him one shot in the groin, it would be worth it. Well, and, and I don't think anybody would have argued, I don't think anybody did argue, that when – LeBron stepped over Draymond Green in that game. That was that was no, to. It was intentional. That was on purpose. Yeah, sure. I, and I think hence he wanted the groin shot. I think he maybe maybe he likes that sort of thing. But <laughs> perhaps, perhaps he does. That's I, not I, the point of this, I, I this podcast. He's not stupid. It could be. We can get to that in a few minutes. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, it's 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 open. He knew he was open. doing, and he got what he wanted. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But but one of my predictions going into the series, knowing that. Draymond was in that situation was it was almost a certainty he was going to get he was going to earn that last last foul or two or whatever he needed and, right. and he was going to get suspended he was yeah. going to miss a game of the finals well and you guys said that before in the first episode of the meat bet series I remember before the before the series ever started you or Travis won I think I think maybe said, I did yeah said that so I and by the way I didn't I I didn't watch any basketball all season until the Western Conference Finals, so I'm not going to represent that I'm some expert. I think yeah. I've even said I'm a basketball idiot. But when I heard that that was the circumstance and the little that I did know about Draymond Green, mm-hmm. I'm like he's gonna he's gonna miss a game. That's yeah. gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. So what? Just what other general comments do we need to make before we move on, just from the series in general? Um, as as this is our our 2016 NBA Finals wrap up show. Uh. The game seven was well within Golden State's reach to win. Uh, Curry being the point guard and the way he handled the ball the last four times he touched it was unthinkable as a professional basketball player. And I think Curry's a great player. Really and a like two-time one, and a one-time unanimous MVP of the league. Right, but he, he did a he did a backwards uh, a behind-the-back pass that went out of bounds. And then he took three low percentage shots, very low percentage for this series because he wasn't hitting. So right. shooting a three-pointer at the end of the game, I think he thought it was, I think he thought that destiny was going to make that shot fall, but he wasn't he was, hitting it. I, I agree. I think the whole the whole thing was hubris, you know. Yeah, I mean, Golden State lost the series. Uh, they, there wasn't anything unfair about it. They I didn't totally have, agree. They had some injuries they had to contend with, but that didn't see, and ultimately that didn't seem to be what cost them the series. It, and this is going to sound completely biased, and Travis would sit here and argue the greatness of of LeBron James. I think that. I think that Golden State lost the series every bit as much or more than the Cavaliers won the series. Does that make sense? You absolutely because I was going to make that point at at the end of the last game, mm-hmm. 
but instead I, I decided just just to give the episode let, to let Travis have his day. I did. I, I mean, I came. Up, I had all kinds of counterpoints just swimming through my head. I was just gonna go after him. I'm like, man, that's given not the fact that it cost you like four hundred dollars in steak dinners. I probably should have. I, I would have. I, yeah. Nah, man. He's, <laughs> Travis is my buddy. <laughs> I didn't want to do that to him. I, it just felt like it should be his night. It was his night, so I just let him have it. But. I mean, I, I can argue till the cows come home. I just didn't feel like it was the time to do it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just I just felt like, you know, everybody wants to say, and this is, I understand this, that they were, they're the first team to go down 3-1. You know, it was 0-32. To, yeah. It's the first team to do that, to come back and win a, the final series. But, so, but, so what but, but I, well, hang on. But I want to I say, but the team that just did that has LeBron, and they shouldn't have been down 3-1 to begin with. Then that, 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 their full roster, healthy. They had a full, healthy roster the entire yep. series. I mean, you, you, you lost Kevin Love for a couple of games because of that concussion, but he wasn't impacting the series yeah, anyways. No. It was almost helping them to, to switch up their matchups and leave him out. And he so, impacted Game 7, though. No, he did. He did, for sure. Uh, but my point is, is that him, them not having him for a couple of games, that didn't, that, that's not the reason they went down 3-1. No. They, they, just, they just didn't have it together for the first couple of games. They just got destroyed. So they shouldn't have been down 3-1 to begin with. So... To be in the position to be the first team, they just started playing like they should have played from game one, in my opinion. So mm-hmm. I just, I'm happy that Cleveland, the city of Cleveland, won their first championship because that, because that man, that's a that's a sad, pathetic town. But, uh, but I, I don't, I don't want to make so much of, of them being the first team to do that because they shouldn't have been in that position. If you have LeBron James, who's arguably the best player in the current, gen- yeah, best player in the current generation, which we'll get to that in just a second, you shouldn't be in that position. No, you shouldn't. So and when the game's on the line. Because we're gonna we're gonna tie this to another individual that they get compared uh, that LeBron gets compared to all the time, but at the end of the game, if the ball's in LeBron's hands, uh, if the pressure's on or things aren't going right, he is not he chokes, he does time and time again. Uh, Kyrie Irving, on the other hand, uh, has learned how to close a game and he doesn't choke. Um, but you know the same thing happened to LeBron when. Uh, the first uh, finals that uh, they faced the Mavericks in Miami. Um, the Mavs were playing team basketball. They started being him. LeBron lost his mind. He couldn't hit anything. Right. And that's and that's an athlete maturity thing. It's, it's a maturity that I never had. Um, but LeBron's supposed to be the best player of his generation. The best player of his generation needs to be a closer. No doubt. And he's not. Agreed. Yeah. He's talented as hell, but he's in, not. In- you know, we had this conversation, you know, in the car one morning after game four or whatever it was, you and I did. Yep. Uh, and in uh, that, you know, LeBron is clearly, you know, a specimen that is that, that has few equals athletically. Well, a, I mean, a, player, a player of his physical stature and talent has not come along ever, in, including Jordan. He, he's about, he's, he's a little taller than Jordan. But he's much bigger. He's a monster. I mean, we, we said the guy could easily play. He's the most he physically play gifted player on a, on a professional yes. football team. He could play tight end on a professional football team. You know, he could play linebacker on yep. some professional football team. He could play baseball. You know, he could play baseball. He's you know, he, he just the guy is an incredible physical specimen. That's right. But the one the one key, and you know, if you go back to Jordan, was is you know Jordan was a, a great physical specimen on the basketball court. He didn't have it on the baseball field. I mean, but he's still a great athlete. Right. But where he had it that I don't think LeBron really has it is between the ears. Not that he's stupid. It has nothing to do with that. I think it's the same problem that we have with Tony Romo, okay, and that is he doesn't have 
the mental strength that Jordan had. Jordan would Jordan just wasn't going to lose. There was no right. he never he never imagined himself losing. You no, know, he, that's the no, difference. And as a fan, if the ball was in Jordan's hands and there was two minutes left in the basketball, well, like, I'd go get a beer because yeah. I knew what was going to happen. He yeah. was going to win every time. That's right. So, and with LeBron, you can't even go get the beer. So I guess I'm mad at LeBron because I can't get a beer during the last three minutes of the Cavaliers game. But you see, there's very few guys in sports that can that can take it to that level. Right. You know. Right. Well, I, I mean, I think that's that's why I come across all sports, who's the greatest athlete of all time? You rank Michael Jordan because. Because he had the physical, the physical stuff, and he had a will that no one could overcome. Tiger, at one point in time, had yep. that on a golf course. True. He lost it, but yep. he absolutely had that on a golf course. Agreed. Right. It was. I mean, you got to Sunday, you got to Sunday. If that guy's within five strokes, it's over. That's you right. Know? I mean, it was. You know, he was going to win. Well, I, you know, I'll, I'll engage with somebody on a on a LeBron versus Jordan comparison. Just because I like to I like to debate things, but my honest opinion is that that that's not even a relevant conversation. You go go ahead and compare LeBron to some other some other greats, but he's 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 so far behind Jordan in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not it's not a relevant conversation. It's well, not a conversation that needs to be had. We had this conversation yesterday. You were going to say well about you have to if you're comparing LeBron, you have to compare LeBron. To all the other small forwards in history, and where does he stack up there? He's probably the best, uh, but he's not—he's not a shooting guard. Well, I suppose that's what's difficult about comparing to LeBron to anybody is because he can play four—he can play four positions. Can he play all five? He might can play all five. He can play all five. Yeah, so he can be point guard, he can be the center, but right, he's mostly—he's mostly a uh, small forward. So small forward is who you'd compare him against. You wouldn't compare him against a shooting guard who's Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, Oscar Robertson, right. et cetera, et cetera. Right. Right. Dirk Nowitzki is a power forward. You compare him to Carl Malone, et cetera. And right. so the comparison's a little unfair. The, the best comparison to Michael Jordan that exists is Kobe Bryant. Okay. I wish I knew more about Kobe Bryant to be able to have that discussion. It would be, be an interesting discussion. But in the statistics that I'm looking at right now uh, on landofbasketball.com, uh, with the exception of rebounds... Um, Jordan is is better uh, better than LeBron in almost every category, including steals. He didn't need rebounds. He had Rodman to well, rebound for him. He, he's a, he's a, <laughs> right or Horace Grant. <laughs> well, I mean, listen. If you would have said to Jordan, if you if you if you could have said something to Jordan to make him care about being the top rebounder in basketball, he would have just gone and done it. Yes, he would have. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So, so it's to your to your point. He wasn't the, he wasn't the leading rebounder because he didn't need to be. Right. Right. Yeah. He was going to do anything he had to do to he make did. sure he that was he going to do anything he had to do to make sure he's going to win. That's exactly right. You, you know what I thought about doing, Corey? You could appreciate this. Is I was going to I was going to get Travis and we were going to rewatch the the '96 Finals. Oh. Or one of the years, you know that. Is that the year he had the flu? That Jordan had the flu and won with the flu. I think so. Yeah. No, no. I think well that w- that was the one where they went 70, 72 and ten. And then I think the the flu game was a different either year before or year after. But in any case, I was just going to pick a finals and watch the entire final, like watch the entire game for the entire finals with, yeah. with Jordan, because it's so funny. Because if you're talking to somebody under the age of thirty or whatever year where they didn't they weren't old enough mm-hmm. to really mm-hmm. appreciate and watch Jordan, those are the people that make that that find it so easy to compare. Okay, well that 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 would be like, you know, even though I'm not a basketball guy, that'd be like me 
you know, Trey and I have had this conversation about Bill Russell. I never watched Bill Russell play basketball. Of course. Do you know what I mean? Right. But how how many he had how many NCAA championships? Uh, what, if I if I remember the the Bill Russell speech when when LeBron said that he was the greatest, and then Bill Russell said, "You really shouldn't say that if I'm in the room." <laughs> so, how, so what was his? And record? he walked up and said that to him yeah. in person. Uh, but if I remember correctly, he won uh, he won three or four high school state championships, which is hard as hell to do. Right. Uh, he won two uh, NCAA basketball championships. Which is not he, easy to do. And then he won 10 NBA championships with the uh, Boston Celtics. Now that's huge. That Different was era. before the NBA-ABA yeah. merger. But, but still. In the most competitive league in the country, he won still 10 dumb. championships. Still so that's, so that's all. He just won like 20 championships at yeah. every level. Right. And LeBron's, right. LeBron at that point had won uh, two championships. And he said he was the greatest. And Bill Russell's like, please. Right. He just couldn't help himself. He had to yeah. walk up. And Bill Russell's a humble, nice guy, and he's an older man. Yeah. But he couldn't help himself. He had to walk up and say that. Yeah. Yeah. But to your point, I think, you know, you're right. I mean, it, it, it has to do with what are our frames of reference. Okay. Most of us don't go back and watch uh, what is the ESPN channel that shows all the historical, you know, ESPN Classic. ESPN Classic. You know, most right. of us don't just sit around and watch ESPN no. Classic all the time to watch all these, you know, championships or these old games. I would stuff. if I was so, unemployed. Well, you know, hey, you know, Jeff's out of town. We can go watch as much basketball Let's as we do want. That. Let's do that right now That'd after right. this podcast. Okay. Okay. Let's just go watch ESPN Classic. Exactly. exactly. Team all, up. all right. So, well, yeah. that's fine. I think, we, I think we've we've covered that sufficiently. Okay. You, you, Trey, you were looking up some stats. Was there anything else you wanted to hit? Uh, sure. And, and, um, and I feel like we rolled in. We rolled in some LeBron legacy talk. I don't know if we want to hit that anymore. Well, let's talk about let's talk about uh, play, uh, playoff stats, LeBron. LeBron, uh, Michael Jordan. Okay. Points per game. LeBron, 28. That's exceptional. Michael Jordan, 33.4. Is that throughout all of the... It's everything. All, all of the the playoffs he's been in? Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Uh, rebounds per game. Uh, LeBron, 8.8. Michael Jordan, 6.4. Uh, assists. LeBron, 6.8. Jordan, 5.7. Steals. LeBron 1.8, Jordan 2.1. Which sounds like a small margin, but it's not. It's not. Uh, blocks per game, they're tied at .9 apiece. Which is which is surprising, but Jordan was a hell of a defensive player as well. Let me ask you a question then. Would you categorize uh, this finals as LeBron's best finals performance? Um... He was really, really consistent, and he really, really helped his team. He wasn't clutch at the end, mm-hmm. but the Cavaliers earned this earned this championship, uh, and they're the best team in the NBA. And he did it. He was a hell of an in-game contributor, and he just went out and did his job. And defensively, he did a hell of a job. Some of his blocks around the rim uh, were incredible, trapping the basketball on on the on the backboard. And then, so his team could rebound it. I mean, he was incredible. Yep. Um, but at the end of the game, it took Kyrie Irving to make the clutch shot, which LeBron can't do because he mentally doesn't have it. What else, what else you got? Um, they they have another category here, which is interesting: best playoffs. Okay. What do they do in their in their best segments? I don't know how many games are compared here, but. Uh, they compare LeBron's 2009 season with uh, with Jordan's 86 season. Um, 
LeBron was 35.3 points per game. Jordan, 43.7. Goodness. Mm. Uh, rebounds, uh, 2015, LeBron, uh, 11.3, Jordan, 7.9. Assists, uh, they were tied. Steals, uh, LeBron in 2016, 2.3 per game, Jordan, 2.8, uh, Blocks, 2010 for uh, LeBron, 1.8, Jordan, 2.3 and 87. Well, I mean, legacy-wise, and we, we, we touched on it, and I know you want to get on to other things, but I, th- I think we do should have a little bit of a conversation of what does this mean. I was, you know, the reason that I didn't want to watch that game seven is because I knew how incorrigible this guy was going to be when right. he got done. Right. You know, so. Um, he, so he's three, he's three of six in finals? He's three, he's three of six in finals. Um and, you know, the funny thing about it is everybody's comparing LeBron to Jordan. Uh, you can't even compare LeBron to Kobe. Kobe's so much better than LeBron is. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of and, – and Kobe's not as good as Jordan. Well, so, that, and that was my point earlier is you're, you're comparing him to the wrong guy. Mm-hmm. you got to move farther down the ranks. Right. Don't even worry, don't even worry about Jordan is my point. No. Right. no nothing I nothing to discuss. Right. Yeah, I think you're right. I totally agree. Okay, so let's just talk about LeBron's legacy – Many, many people after he won that finals, you know, brought the first finals to, you know, first championship of any kind to Cleveland since 1964, all that stuff, which is very meaningful, by the way. Way to go, Cleveland. I'm not, I'm not minimizing that at all. But now everybody wants to say, oh, yeah, he cemented his legacy. And, and I, I would, I used this phrase in, a, in an earlier episode. I'd say he, he didn't, he didn't cement his legacy. I think he saved it. He saved it from being a, not nearly as good, right? Right. He, he saved it from negatively impacting his legacy. He didn't cement his legacy. No. I agree. Give, give me your, your opinions uh, okay, on Okay, well, this. how about does loyalty play into the legacy conversation? Because yes. for me, integrity plays into the legacy conversation. Absolutely. Just, I mean, you know, I applaud the city of Cleveland for getting the, finally getting a championship. But I remember when he left. Right. I mean, that guy was a pariah on, you know, an epic scale. So good for them that they got their hometown boy back. Good for them that they won finally. Good that they won with their hometown boy. But I, I think that there's some. I think that he's got some integrity issues there. I mean, I, I you know, I really do. Trey, what's your thoughts? Taking a sidebar for a second on the environmental impact of LeBron labeling Cleveland and the CO2 emissions that came from the burning of LeBron jerseys in Cleveland. <laughs> I mean, that probably changed the world. It probably tilted us to... to Their carbon footprint. Uh, the carbon up. footprint of Cleveland was, was going to destroy the world. But, um, and that was a tragedy. All the other greats, uh, uh, Lou Alcindor, uh, Jordan, Kobe. Uh, Bird. Bird. Magic. Bird, Magic, Russell, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, what all those guys have in common is they got with one franchise, they showed them some loyalty, and they stayed there their whole careers. Dirk. Dirk. Which um, we'll have that conversation, too. We will. Um, but they, 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 stayed with their, they stayed with their team, and they did their deal. Um, you know, right now in Cleveland, Cleveland has LeBron, but they don't have LeBron because LeBron has an opt-out in his contract every year. That's what I was hoping you were going to say something about. Because this he, is interesting. Okay. Because he wants to he wants to run the franchise. I think one of the reasons why he left Miami, and I've heard a bunch of sports talk on this, 
is that he could not run Pat Riley. Pat Riley runs that organization, period. I never heard that. I I didn't know that. And that was one of the reasons why he wanted to undo the decision and go back to Cleveland. Um, He got David Blatt fired, no question about it. Blatt is a good coach. Now, Tyron Lue, a guy that was a a career uh, backup uh, point guard, I mean, nice guy, good guy. He was good for the Cavaliers, but – but, you know, LeBron got Blatt fired, which was a shame because they were first in the Eastern Conference when he when he was dismissed. What was his record, like 33-11 and 11 or something? <laughs> yeah. And he got his walking papers because he didn't get along with LeBron or LeBron couldn't control him. Uh, so LeBron's not a team guy. He's a LeBron guy. Uh, and we made this monster because and everybody started. And a coach killer. And a coach killer. But we started telling LeBron when he was 15 years old that he was uh, the second coming. Oh, so he is a part of the millennial entitlement generation. Is that where we're going with this? We don't, we don't, do we have enough time in the podcast to even yeah. discuss this? <laughs> maybe not. Let's, maybe we shouldn't get too socially. All right, so, so, here's, so here's my, my thoughts. Okay. Agree, disagree. You'll probably agree. I think I feel the tone in the room. You know, LeBron was one of the most beloved figures in sports, maybe just in pop culture, prior to the decision, Right. Right. I mean, beloved. I even love LeBron. I thought, man, this guy's a physical specimen. He's an amazing basketball player. He's fun to watch. I didn't get to watch nearly as much Jordan uh, as I would have liked because I, I was too young. So, so I kind of get to watch watch it again in a way. So I was I was soaking it up. Then the decision happens, and he could have just made his his intentions known, just like any other athletes leaving. You know, but but in an instant, not a, you know, it, it, through the through the decision, he. He literally overnight flipped a switch to being one of the most beloved, being the most polarizing, in some cases, disliked people in pop culture. Agreed. Amazing transformation to the negative. Yep. Took off the white hat, put on the black hat. Made a spectacle of it. Shamed his his own city. Yep. I mean, it didn't even have the event in the city of Cleveland. I don't remember where he had it, in Baltimore or something. But it was a national television event. It Giant ESPN horrible. event. ESPN, of course, like a lot of things, they've got part of the blame. Right. But LeBron can say yes or no to anything he wants. So it was really LeBron's decision. Then he goes down to Miami, throws this giant obnoxious pep rally, makes these claims he's going to win six championships, and just continues to pile on. Then you fast forward in the first, uh, in the series against the Mavericks, which they lost, by the way, the finals uh, to to the Mavericks, giving the Mavericks their first championship ever. Uh, Another fun conversation. You know, during that series, you know, he, 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 he and Dwayne Wade mock you know, Dirk over him being a little bit sick and whatnot, just carries on like a clown, just a complete clown. And so... He created a cult of personality. But but it was just amazing the transformation that he went from being so beloved to, to being not, not at all beloved. And, 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 I, and, I, and so I turned on him, and I, I have never come back, and I can't come back just because of the way he's carried on. I Even agree. this year when he says comments like, I'm going to take the high road, but then in that comment he makes things that are, comments that are clearly not taking the high road. And so... On one hand, you know, listen, he was in, I think he was in Cleveland the first round for six or seven years, right? Plen- right. Plenty of time for an organization to build, build around LeBron. And the fact that they didn't, I don't know enough about the situation to say if that was LeBron's fault or if it was a dumb owner or whatever it was, but they didn't do it. Right. So, so I don't know if I feel quite as strongly as, as you guys about him leaving. I don't know that I would have minded him leaving because he gave him seven years. Um, but, that, but then he just made a spectacle of leaving. Maybe but, if he left in a better way. 
Yeah, clearly, clearly. So, so that yeah. that's that's the turning point for me. I don't, I don't believe in indentured servitude. I right, mean, right. So. If if the organization is just not getting it done, then there's bad organizations, right? Absolutely. But Look but ho- but however however and, and again I, I don't I don't remember specifically how Jordan conducted himself in these areas, but Jordan allowed allowed the organization to have great coaches. Mm-hmm. Not he might have been the one that ran Doug Collins out of. Out of, out of the organization. I don't remember. I think I remember some rumors about that, that Jordan didn't like Collins, so Collins was gone. But what, whatever. The point is is that he, he he did play under Phil Jackson, who turned out to be one of the best coach, regarded as one of the best coaches, and played under that guy and listened to him. And, and he clearly was a player coach, right? He no. was a player coach. But he did allow, allow the organization to have a great coach, right, and allowed them to make, you know, personal decisions. There was a general manager. There was a coach, and he – not that he didn't have influence on those things, but he allowed those people to do their jobs. Yep. Le- LeBron clearly doesn't. So the fact that he's, you know, that he's not, get, you know, didn't get it done or had, you know, only won three out of six championships, th- there's a big conversation to be had about about the effect that he's having because he doesn't allow, you know, there to be a, a headstrong coach or you know. Mm-hmm. Isn't it three out of seven? Maybe it is three I out of seven. I thought it was three out of seven. I, I didn't want to argue. And, I wasn't going to give him one, but... so I wanted to <laughs> discuss. Yeah. In, in any case. <laughs> Jordan allowed the organization to people to be in those positions and do their jobs. Absolutely. It doesn't it doesn't seem like LeBron does, and so man, he carries a big part of the, of the responsibility and the blame, you know, for his successes and failures. Not just as a player. Not to forget about the fact that he's that I agree that he that he they wilts down the, you know, down the stretch in key moments, you know. But you know the the athlete entitlement concept of once I enter the pro league, I gotta I gotta make my brand and all that crap. Right. Okay. These guys are getting paid millions of dollars to play a kid's game tens of millions and really that isn't enough you got to have your brand on top of that mm-hmm. you got to kill your coach on top of that you got to be a pain in the ass and and and, and give your team a one-year option right and 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 the team pays you so much money that they can't put a surrounding cast around you because they can't afford it right right it's all to me it's despicable i agree i agree all right we cover the LeBron topic. I think so. I think so. Let's uh, let's, Can let's we never uh, talk about LeBron again. I'm, I feel purged and liberated. Yeah, Wait, there, the exorcism is complete. The right. Yes, <laughs> yes. I'm ready to go to church again. Let's do it. <laughs> Good. All right. Fair enough, uh, man. I, I do. I kind of wish we would have had a LeBron fan in here to balance things out, but I don't mind that they that they weren't here. Uh, let's let's shift shift our focus just slightly. Spend a few minutes talking about the off season, uh, particularly because. Uh, Golden State seems like they're positioning to make some big moves, you know, some really impactful moves. You know, I heard somebody say, I think it was Craig Miller on the ticket in Dallas, that said, uh, I think they should leave it exactly the same. They won 73 games. They went to seven games in the finals. Why would you do anything? Right. Everybody's what? healthy. Just bring them back. Just keep on going. You know, no reason to make any changes, but it looks like they're trying to make some changes. It seems like at the top of their list is Kevin Durant. I can't speak to that. I read that. Um, and then secondly, uh, if they can't get Kevin Durant, which maybe they can't, that's a whole other conversation regarding the Oklahoma Thunder and their future and what, you know, Westbrook and all that stuff. Um, second on their list is Dirk Nowitzki of the Dallas Mavericks. Thoughts? I think this playoffs, you know, Golden State's a live by the three, die by the three kind of team. For they're sure. Not, they're an outside shooting team, uh, but they – but a team showed up in this playoffs, the Cavaliers, that uh, that scored most of their points in the paint, and they won. So now they've exposed a flaw. Um, 
that system, their system works as long as Andre Iguodala can cover the other team's best defender and keep them from from running the paint. Uh, but they need they need uh, guys that can score, and Durant can score inside or outside, and he can defend. Um, Nowitzki would be at this point in his career a, a sixth, seventh man, additional sharpshooter guy. Right. But can't play defense at all. Can't play defense at all. But they their their system as it's worked to this point can't continue to work because I don't think that I mean Iguodala is in the twilight of his career. I don't think he can keep going. He's he's the guy. He's the guy that's going to make that work. So really, you have to replace Iguodala defensively. You need to replace him with a couple of defenders. You need some consistent big men. Um, the Davidsky thing's interesting because it seems like they have Davidsky's talents in abundance. Um, right. But um, but they need you know they get, they need a guy like Tristan Thompson who plays for the Cavaliers who's just a rebounding, low scoring, uh, a power forward kind of guy, and they don't have that guy on the team. Draymond Green's that guy, but he's undersized. Yep. Well, I have I have a couple of questions that Trey can probably speak to because I certainly want answers to them. But one is, at this point, where do you see the Dallas Mavericks uh, as far as the team goes, and how long does it take them to get in a position to go back to the finals? How close are they, or how far away are they from that type of a team? Because I think that's a relevant for Dirk as to what plans he might want to make in the twilight of his career as well. Well, and let's, and let's before we get into that specifically, because that's a cool conversation, because it's really the, yeah, I mean, how, how does the team re- return to relevance? That's a, that's a great conversation. I think it's relevant to what Dirk's decision is. I mean, do we hold Dirk here out of loyalty, the legacy issue that we talked about earlier? Is that a, is that a, is that a factor? As, or? as Trey transitions into answering that question specifically, I'd love to just get both of your opinions about about Dirk potentially leaving. Well, I, I think this is this plays it for me. This plays into it. Is, well, is just from is, a, is Dirk? I guess what I'm saying is, from a fan's perspective, what if he decided to go? If he decided to go to a team that had a real shot of winning another championship, I mean, I, you know, I don't see Dirk playing a long time. Maybe another you know. two seasons. Yeah. yeah. So I, at that point, it's it's you know, it's almost like when 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 Pudge left the Rangers. You know, for me. I was never going to hate Pudge Rodriguez. Just what going to happen, right? Know? And when he came back and played here for uh, for Miami or who he went to play for, he won a ring he, with he, those guys. I think Detroit wasn't it? No, it was Miami. He went to Miami and won a ring. He played for Detroit too, but maybe he won the ring in Miami. Well, he won. He won a ring for it was the Marlins. Or it was the, it was either the Marlins or the the Rays. Again, this is I don't remember. But the bottom line was, I remember going to some of those games when he came back and. The entire stadium gave him a standing ovation when he came to the play. Similar I mean, to Dirk, one of the most beloved athletes in the history of Dallas. Sports. Absolutely. So if he leaves, if if he leaves in the right way, we know what he's doing. You know, I think I think that does does Dallas have a shot to put together a winning team? If they don't have a shot in the next two years to put together a real shot at putting together a winning team, I would not have ill will towards Dirk for saying, you know what, I want to go one more time before my career's over. Over. You know, Trey, your thoughts if Dirk decided, yeah, I'm, I'm going to answer Golden State's call and I'm going to go out there. Truthfully, yes, uh, I can't hate Dirk Nowitzki. I think he's been the ultimate team guy. I think it would be better for Dirk and better for the Mavericks for him to leave the team 
for the Mavericks to crash and start accumulating top draft picks because they can't. I don't think you can. I don't think you can, you can keep doing free agent spares and keep a team together. I think they need to be bad for four or five seasons, get some draft picks, build they need to a, actually build and build a nucleus. What if he went to San Antonio? I might hate it for that. <laughs> I, I, right. I, I like San Antonio. I mean, except for when they're playing Dallas, I like San Antonio. I think Popovich is the best coach in the NBA. I think, uh, I think uh, God, Dallas's coach name. Oh, Rick Greg. Carlisle. Carlisle, oh. thank you. Rick Carlisle. Uh, I think Carlisle, who's uh, Popovich's protege, is the second best coach in the NBA. I do too. Um, I don't know if he'll stick around. I'd hate to lose him, but I don't think he'll stick around for a rebuilding. But it would be better for Dallas and for Dirk if Dirk went somewhere to get one more championship. Yeah, I, I think, first of all, regarding San Antonio, I think that's one of the best organizations in sports. Mm-hmm. They seem like they're the Pittsburgh Steelers or the Detroit Red Wings or the New England Patriots of basketball. You know, they're, they've got a great ownership and great GM, best coach in the league. You know, I mean, I, I'm jealous of them, if anything. Absolutely. I agree. I totally agree. Uh, and so, so even though they're our, our, they should be our bitter rival, even if Dirk went to San Antonio, it would just be good luck to you, Dirk, have fun. I, I, I wouldn't feel be so. bad. And, and, and if he goes to Golden I'm when I heard that there was even the interest from Golden State in, in Dirk, my immediate response was, I hope he does that. I hope he goes. I hope this is a real rumor. I hope he's seriously considering it. I hope he goes. I, I hope that they – I hope that Kevin Durant does whatever he's got to do, and Dirk shows up in Golden State. Mm-hmm. I really want that, and I, and I hope that I hope next year Golden State wins another championship with Dirk Nowitzki coming off the bench in the six or seven position. I, I, want, I, I would love to watch Dirk. I, I was going to say I was going to say if if he doesn't go, you know, if, if it's much harder if he goes to a to a direct rival, but man, if he goes to the Cavaliers. That's a real problem. Yeah, what if he goes to Cleveland or what if he goes to Miami or you know? But honestly. First of all, these are obviously crazy hypothetical conversations. Sure. I don't care where he goes. I love Dirk. You can't make me not love Dirk unless he has his own version of the decision, which he never would do. He's just given too much to the city in so many different ways. I agree. We don't win a championship without him. You know, he's, he's been the cornerstone, one of the most beloved athletes in the history of Dallas. I don't care where he goes. I, I, I would love for – I would love for – he's not going to win another championship here. And I think that's the other, the other reason why I don't mind if he leaves is because if there was a chance that if he stayed – we would we, we had a chance to win and because he left it diminishes our chances then i think i would be i don't want to say angry but i, I would be frustrated i'd be i'd be frustrated disappointed. and disappointed disappointed yeah. Yeah, but absolutely. the fact that we've proven the last five years since we won the championship and cuban made the choice of tearing down a championship team mm-hmm. and we haven't come in here or close to it since and we are not relevant we are mm-hmm. stuck in you know sports purgatory yeah. I, I don't care that he leaves. I want him to leave because he, he's such a fantastic guy and a great player. I want him to win another championship. He can't do it here. I, I remember when Pudge won that ring with, with you know, my, uh, I swear to God it was Miami, but, but maybe it wasn't. But anyway, I remember when he won that, when he won the ring, I was like, oh, my God, this is so awesome. This guy was my favorite Ranger. I mean, I really, even right. even above Nolan. Cause, yeah. Because I was a little too young. I mean, the first baseball game I ever went to in my life was – Nolan was was pitching for the Astros, so I've always had a soft spot in my heart for Nolan. But right. I watched a lot of Pudge in his prime, and for so I feel the same way. It's yeah. Well, I mean, we can make a long list of guys yeah, that we left at the end, right? So. Emmett Smith, Tony Dorsett, yeah. Brett Favre, never hated on Emmett. Yeah, no. many you know uh, Mike Madonna. Never hated on Mike Madonna. But I mean, he was he was yeah. drafted by Dallas. He could have been here his entire career. Went two years. So there's lots of there's yeah. plenty of examples. Absolutely. I, I mean, Kakeem Olajuwon played for the, for the Toronto Raptors. Mm-hmm. I mean, just crazy examples. Uh, I'm just 
No way. I, not only do what they I either not, left through no choice of their own, or they left in the right way. You know, right? If it was their choice. Well, and all those athletes came back and they were still. The lottery, yeah. Most of them came back and, and did a one day contract, retired. Yeah. You know, with our local with team. Our, yeah, exactly. You know, Dirk's going to do the same thing. Yeah. Uh, not only would I not mind if he left, I I hope that he does. I hope I hope Dirk plays for a different team next year. I understand. A that. team that that'll win a championship. Yeah. Agree. Agree. Uh, okay. Well, we'll finish up on with this topic because I loved your question. A team that is in purgatory, because I, I agree, it's a controversial thing to say, but people have said it. In a way, Dirk is Dirk holding the Mavericks hostage. So should he leave? Don't have to dwell on that, but really answer answer Corey's question. What does Dallas have to do to be not just relevant, but be an actual contender? They need to hit rock bottom, have three or four losing seasons, get three or four high draft picks, use them, and then build the team back from nothing. So that's probably true. So my question for you is, and this is specific to the to the Mavericks, they've ignored the draft in the entire Mark Cuban era. Do they even know how to scout and draft and use the draft and get back the way you're suggesting? They do because because Donnie Nelson and Don Nelson originally identified Dirk Nowitzki as a unique talent and drafted him. And that was one of the wildest draft calls ever and uh, they pulled it off. Uh, so but is that, is that a blind squirrel finding a nut, or does that demonstrate they can actually do it? Because they brought in many, many foreign players in the last, you know, in the Mark Cuban era, and they've all been punchlines. They have, and they can, but what they need to stop doing is, is bringing in, uh, after their prime, free agents and hoping and hoping and uh, trying to keep a nucleus together and be competitive. They need to, they need to go down the toilet. All the way. I agree. I, I just, I guess my opinion, by very surface level observations, is just that they, I don't know. I, don't, I, I'm afraid. My fear is, is that Donnie Nelson is overrated as a as a talent evaluator, particularly in the international uh, countries that he's known for. He's known for, kind of for being the guy that can go out to the hinterlands and identify some random foreign player that no one else recognizes. Mm-hmm. I think that skill might be overrated, and I don't. I just don't know if they're if they have player evaluation, if they're good enough at it that they can actually rebuild the way you're suggesting, which is the way you have to do it. I just don't know if they can. You know, at, at, this, at this point, it's not a question of if the Mavericks are going to be terrible. It's a question of when. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's either going to be now or two years from now when Dirk finally retires. And let's make it now. Let's, let's blow it up and, and start over and build it, build it correctly. I agree. I agree. So, so that, that's where the question is relevant to ask is – is Dirk holding him hostage for an extra year or two? I don't think so. I think Dirk, I think Dirk would do whatever management well, the uh, one Dallas thing, wanted him to do. Well, the one thing he has said is that he'll stick around as long as they're at least making an attempt to be competitive. You know, Dirk, Dirk was is the was the third or fourth highest paid player on the Mavericks this year, but he was still he was still leading them in most categories right. basketball wise. He was still the best player on the court, and he's not near his prime anymore. Which right. was crazy, but well, he was giving enough to, to to let other to let other guys that are not as good as he is. Come after in. last season, where he had a rough season, they thought, "Oh, he's, he's he's hit a wall. He's done." And then he comes back and has the season he did this year. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, have we left it all on the court, guys? I think we have. Any any other topics that we need to that we need to? I, to I, I don't think I think we've I think we've sufficiently closed out the ex- executed a 2016 NBA. Finals wrap up 
episode. There it is. There it is. All right. All right. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks for making your debut on the Gravity Beer podcast. You can check us out at gravitybeer.com or iTunes, Google Play, or any place else that you can find a podcast. Head out to iTunes and give us a rating, write us a review. We appreciate that. Go out to our Facebook page on the same name and click like. Thanks to Jake Dexter for providing our theme song. We look forward to adding Polyphonic Spree and Guster and some others that we've gotten approvals from to the music for the podcast. Man, and so much uh, thanks and appreciation to our listeners. We've got 213 downloads. Uh, we're proud of that number, and we hope it steadily grows. So keep on listening to us, and we appreciate all the support. See you next time.